Merry Christmas. As I shared with you in my prayer across this planet, people are celebrating the birth of a little child. We have pictures in our mindsets of a little infant wrapped in swaddling clothes laying in a manger. It is absolutely true. But one of the things that I have watched in just my short lifespan is that the 25th of December has become a man dressed in red who brings presents. When the truth is, Christ came to die for you because you were absolutely helpless as that infant in that manger. Let's pray and then we'll read the 35th chapter of Isaiah. Father, to your glory and praise, I I still stand in awe at the controversy of tomorrow. And yet, Father, I think about the controversy of the Magi riding into Jerusalem, looking at Herod, saying, where is the king of the Jews? Father, help us tonight to rejoice, to celebrate. And with all the controversy, with all the strife, with all the pain, with all the suffering, Lord, may we understand It is right on schedule. And that, Father, you are the comfort. You are the encourager. You are the king. You are Lord. Help us in our frailty to hear and to know. To your glory and praise. Amen. 35th chapter of the prophet Isaiah. The wilderness and the desert will be glad, and the desert will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will blossom profusely, and rejoicing with rejoicing, the shout of joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and the recompense of God will come. But he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer. The tongue of the mute will shout for joy. The waters will break forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. The scorched land will become a pool. The thirsty ground springs of water. The haunts of jackals, its resting place. Grass becomes reeds and rushes. A highway will be there, a roadway. And it will be called the highway of holiness. And the unclean will not travel on it. But it will be for him who walks that way, and the fools will not wander on it. 
No lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go upon it. These will not be found there. But the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion. With everlasting joy on their heads, they will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. It is easy in this day and age to get caught up into what is out there. But it was easy in the day of the birth of Christ to get caught up in what was out there. Most of the people who lived in the time of Jesus Christ lived day to day. Hopefully I can work today so I can put bread on the table tomorrow. And it was that simple. It wasn't confusing. And if you're really honest with yourself today, we all do the same thing. We may have a little more money that we're making so I can expand it a little farther down the line. But you listen to what goes on, whether it be in our government or whether it be in our society, whether it be around the people that we love and we care about. We are all struggling to try to figure out what will tomorrow bring. And it seems like everybody and their brother has the perfect idea. And yet when I think about this little baby in a manger, it's very clear and evident to me that um, we waste a lot of time worrying about something for no apparent reason. And I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. I listen to people saying, well, we could have snow on Christmas. Good. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, it's snowing now. Okay, tomorrow I'll come. And I watch us go through this cycle, and it goes over and over and over and over again. Think about how much energy each one of us spends worrying about something, concerned about something, thinking about something that you have absolutely no control over. You ever thought about that? And yet I read this text and I just kind of get a little grin on my face saying there's a little baby 2000 years ago and Bethlehem was born. And this is the reason. I have had a, a strange year this year. And I'm sure most of you can say, well, I had one really strange. I was surrounded by death. I was surrounded by blessing. I was surrounded by heartache. I was surrounded by trials. I was surrounded by financial problems. I was surrounded by all of these things day in and day out. And I look back at it and say, well, isn't isn't that a normal year, really? (laughs) Isn't, Isn't that what we do? I read this. He says the wilderness and the desert will be glad and the desert will rejoice and blossom. Have you ever been to the desert? I remember going down through the Mojave and, you know, I went down in March. Okay, it's kind of cool in March. Okay, I really wouldn't want to go there in July. But in March, it's like, wow, man, this is, you know, there's cactus and there's sage. 
There's all this other stuff. Some of your translation may say Erebah. Okay? It's what is called the Negev. It's south of Jerusalem. I've been there. It makes the Mojave look lush. It really does. I mean, in the Mojave, when I went through it, there was little sage things around it. You could see little green things, uh, Joshua trees, uh, things like that. You're like, in the Negev, they ain't nothing. You got dirt, you got rocks, and you got dirt. Okay, not necessarily in that order. I've walked through the Negev. This is the wilderness that David was exiled to. And he says, it will rejoice and it will blossom. I'm like, the Negev? Don't you have to have something growing there to blossom? He says, no, but it will. It will be like the crocus. It will blossom profusely and then rejoice with rejoicing and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon. Lebanon was known for its cedar trees, pine trees, cedars, huge trees. I've gone through it. I know what they look like. They're massive. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. Sharon is a valley that is as lush as any place I've ever seen in my life. Carmel is up on the hillside that overlooks. And if you look to the east, you look toward the Galilean Valley. If you look to the west, you look to the Mediterranean Sea. And it's surrounded by these massive cedar trees everywhere you look. It is awesome. And he's comparing the beauty and the glory of Carmel and Sharon, the valley. And he says, and the Negev. The desert will be equal to. And it will blossom. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. You know, I've been to the deserts and I have seen it and I still see it and I look at it and I say, you know what? This is the hand of God in its beauty. The psalmist tells me that the desert rose blooms purely for God's own enjoyment. No human may ever see it, but it will blossom forth. He takes verses 1 and 2 of 35 and he says, Look at creation cry for redemption. Redeem it. Paul wrote the Romans and he says, All of creation longs and groans. For the redemptions of the sons of God. So in verse 3, Isaiah tells us. Encourage. And the literal translation is. The slacked hands. Encourage the slacked hands. The exhausted hands. Those people who work day in and day out. And they keep telling themselves, what's the point? What's the point? Remember the song? Work your fingers to the bone. What do you get? Bony fingers. Right? That's the ones he's talking about. He says, strengthen the feeble. The word literally means... um, Tottering knees. 
They can't stand anymore. They just want to fall. They just want to fall. He says, I want you to encourage those people who are feeble and exhausted. They have nothing left. They've been spent. Encourage them. And those who have an anxious heart, tell them to take courage and fear not. Why? Because the redemption will bring forth blossoming even in the Negev. Yes, you're tired. Yes, your hands hurt. You feel feeble. You want to just fall over. It is, what is the point? Oh, did I tell you? A child shall be born in Bethlehem. An infant who will be the author and the finisher of our faith. Did I tell you? Behold, your God will come. He will come with vengeance. He will come with vengeance. Please understand that. The next time he comes out, it isn't the Lamb of God. The next time he shows up, it is the wrath of God. It is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And that's not one of those, here kitty kitty. Recompense of God will come. You know what that means? The bill is due. Recompense of God. The bill is coming. I watch people play. They play with the spiritual things. They play with the things of God. And all I can say is, you know what? The bill is coming. The bill is coming. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and recompense of God will come. But he will save you. He sent a redeemer. We mock him. We laugh at him. He becomes a political football. And I'm sitting there thinking, do you really know what you're playing with here, people? Do you understand these things? Why? Do you understand that that child in Bethlehem will cause the desert to bloom? Do you understand that? I don't understand that. I don't know. I've been to the Negev. There's nothing there. I mean, it wouldn't even make a good gravel pit. And yet, it will bloom forth. It will come forth. They've got little deers that run around there. Um, and I can't remember their name. Ibex, they're called. And deer, I grew up with deer. I know what deer do. And they are to the size of their feed. Okay, you know, you've heard people say, well, depending on the deer, how big the horns are. Well, the horns will be directly proportionate to how much they got to eat. All right? Um, and, and so deer will grow to their food supply. <laughs> In the Negev, you have deer running around, ibex. And they're about that tall. <laughs> That's full grown. They said, well, we can go hunt. No, you ain't. <laughs> they said, well, that's the state animal. <laughs> I bet. And it's just easy. I look at that and I think, well, 
when this is fulfilled, then we'll have big Ibex. (laughs) He will save you. And when salvation comes, guess what happens in verse 5? The eyes of the blind will be opened. You will see truth. You will understand. I watch people today, and I have over years, who had biblical knowledge. They would be phenomenal in like, what was that, Bible trivia? But their eyes are not open. Why? Salvation hasn't come. Being in a church doesn't make you any more of a Christian than if you stand in a garage makes you a car. But I know people right now who have lots of Bible facts, but their eyes are not open. Why? Because salvation has not come. Then the eyes of the blind will be open. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. They will hear. They will hear. Then the lame will leap like a deer. And the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. And the waters will break forth in the wilderness. And the streams in the desert. The scorched land will become a pool. And the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunts of jackals its resting place. Jackals are scavengers. They wait for the weak. They wait for the infirm. They wait for the lame. They wait for the deaf. They wait for the blind. And he says, no problem. When salvation comes, the jackals will not be there. And you will tread where the jackals are. Hmm. The scorched land will become a pool. The grass will become reeds and rushes. That's very lush. And that's because of all the water that is there. Then verse 8. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. A highway will be there. A roadway. It will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it. But it will be for him who walks that way and the... Fools will not wander on it. The highway of holiness. Do you understand that? Let me give you a vernacular so you can understand it. God's road. Okay? That's God's road. You know what's neat about God's road? No exit ramps. One entrance ramp. The little child born in Bethlehem. The unclean will not travel on it. But it will be for him who walks that way. Who is that? Who would be that that would walk in holiness? Jesus Christ. I had some people ask me, why are you using 35? That's right there is the reason. There is one who walks on that. There is one who has the entrance ramp. There's no plan B. There's just one. There are no lions there. No fools will wander on it. 
nor will any vicious beasts go up on it. These will not be found there. You can't find them there. You can't even, if you look for them. There is nothing to be afraid of. There is nothing to be fearful of. And you will know that you're on it because everything around you is blessed. Even if you walk in the desert. Can I remember what he just laid out here? It will be for him who walks that way. And then, end of verse 9, it says, But the redeemed will walk there. Do you understand that Santa Claus brings you presents? Do you understand that Christ, the infant in Bethlehem, brings you redemption? Do you understand that there is a schism between man and God and Christ fixes it? He fixes it in such a way that the deserts bloom like a crocus. He fixes it in such a way that you can walk through the place of the jackals and there are no scavengers. He fixes it in such a way that the Negev will raise big ibex. He fixes it in such a way that that place that has never seen nor known water will have reeds and rushes. That's how He fixes it. Because the redeemed walk there. And He concludes with this. And the ransomed, the ransomed of the Lord will return. Those who have been bought back. I have come to seek that which was lost. I have come to redeem. I have come to take back what my fa- was my father's. I have come. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion and everlasting joy on their heads and they will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I have had... Uh, I've had, yeah, I guess I'm going to call it a privilege. I have had the privilege of burying very dear friends of mine who knew my Lord and my Savior, who were redeemed, who had been ransomed by God. And you know what? I had a sorrow that they had died. But I understood in that death There's just a temporary separation. It just caused me to covet. No. (laughs) Just just a little bit. How did you get out of here ahead of me? Anyway. (laughs) I've also been at funerals for those who have not been redeemed. And I have watched the hopelessness. I have watched the sorrow. And I have watched the sighing. That little baby in Bethlehem says there is no more. There's no more. Why? 
Well, I don't know. I have power over the wilderness and the deserts, and they will be glad. Oh, I don't know. The desert will rejoice and blossom like a crocus. There will be rejoicing and shouting of joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. All of a sudden, now they will grow trees. Now they will grow and flourish in these great forests from the desert. And they will see the glory of the Lord. They will see the majesty of our God. And I can take that and I can encourage those who have shaking knees and legs who feel like they just can't go on. I can encourage those whose hands are feeble. They have worked themselves to a frazzle and they feel like it has all been in vain. And I can tell them it's not in vain because we are on a highway of holiness. We have entered through him who walks on it. The unclean can't travel on my road. The fools will not wander on it. There's no lions there. There's no vicious beasts there. Because the ransom of the Lord have returned. That is what this is about. It hasn't got anything to do with a guy in a red suit. He brings you presents. He brings you presents. That's it. Yahoo. Sign me up. But the Christ child redeems you and puts you on the highway of holiness. And we should shout. There should be a joy that overwhelms us. We should be (laughs) obnoxiously happy. Why? I'm on highway of holiness. Keep your big lions. This is great. I love it. I have been ransomed. My penalty has been paid. I am redeemed. Oh, did I tell you? Oh, I forgot. I only have to live forever in the presence of God. Darn. Well, that's what this is about, people. I would give anything if our eyes and our hearts would open to this. Because he says here, The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer. The tongue of the mute will shout for joy. And water will break forth and flood the deserts. With everlasting joy upon their heads, we will find gladness and joy. I have not met a human being yet who is not searching for gladness and joy. And the only thing I can tell you is it's already here. It's already here. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. That's totally awesome. There's no more sorrow. You ever thought about that? 
You ever thought about that? What breaks your heart? It's gone. Why? I'm on the highway of holiness. Brothers and sisters, friends, guests. He has already walked that way. He has already opened that path. It is up to you. I have watched people over and over and over and over chase everything that the world has to offer. Sometimes they even gain them. And when I watch it, I can look at it and I can say, here's what you have chased and its fulfillment is when. My God chased me and my fulfillment is only eternal. My joy is everlasting and my peace can never be stolen. Do you know that? Or are you waiting on Santa Claus? Because if you're waiting on Santa Claus, the presents are tomorrow. Gladness and joy are right now in the person of Jesus Christ. A little baby in a manger. There's nothing to look at, nothing special, nothing overwhelming. But he was the line of a king, and he became the ruler of existence. He was there when God created time. And he wants you to be a part of his eternal kingdom. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. I listened to him complain that they put a nativity scene out in front of the county building. <laughs> Wait till he shows up the next time. You wish you had your nativity scene tied around your neck. Because he's coming back. These are the things that you and I all have to listen to. These are the things that you and I all have to understand. This is important. Absolutely important. And so when I smile at somebody and I say, Merry Christmas. Now you understand why well, I can smile at him and say, Merry Christmas. A little footnote I'll give you. It might help you. People will tell me, well, I can't say Christmas. I will say holiday. That's fine. Because all you're saying is, is that this is a holy day. That works for me too. But I also watch these people and I understand their eyes are blind, their ears are deaf, they are crippled, and they don't even have the ability to articulate it. But we pray for them. So to all of you today, this evening, Merry Christmas. Very Merry Christmas. Let's pray. To my King and to my Lord and my Savior. 
to you who opened the highway of holiness. Father, may all who are gathered here today be on that highway. Father, may we understand that the unclean will not travel on it. May we understand that you walked it first. And Father, may we understand that the fools can't even find it. Father, there is no danger on it. There is nothing to be afraid of on it. And Father, the only ones on it are the redeemed. Lord, you paid the ransom. Let us be joyful, shouting of Zion with an everlasting joy in our heads. And may we understand the gladness and the joy and the peace that surpasses understanding guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, may our love for you grow with every breath. To your glory and praise. Amen.